Hey, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, whoever might be listening to this, welcome back to another episode of DIY Biblical Parenting. I'm Andy Kesters, and I'm serving with the ministry Families Alive, and we want to make this episode, uh, this whole podcast, about how we can come alongside you and encourage you in your uh, God-given call to point your children to the Lord. It's true. He has called you as parents uh, to point your children to the Lord and to be the primary disciplers of your children. We want to help you in that. And today's episode, I just want to give you uh, a little, I guess, I don't know, a little tip, a little phrase that is going to hopefully, I don't know, make some things simple uh, in life, uh, a good way to think about how to stay focused on what's most important for your family, uh, for your kids. And so to, to do that, though, I'm going to start out with uh, a little story. And so while I'm reading this story, uh, or I'm telling you this story, you may be like, what does this have to do with what we're going to talk about? Well, hang with me on it. So it's a story about my favorite ice cream company, Graders, that's based in Cincinnati, and how they started up and developed as an ice cream business. So it all started on the streets of Cincinnati uh, in 1870. Uh, Louis Charles Grader began selling ice cream. He successfully sold the treat out of two carts after handcrafting it in French pots. After marrying in 1900, he and his wife Regina moved into uh, like a storefront building and started selling ice cream in the front of the store while making it in the back. Shortly after being widowed in 1920, Regina left uh, with her two sons and an ice cream business. She got to work. And in 1922, Regina opened a new ice cream parlor and continued expansion from there. Now, it was around this time, and this is where, this is an important part of the story, okay? It was around this time that the other ice cream companies increased output with new mass production methods for cheaper overhead, abandoning the traditional craft of making it in smaller batches. And uh, stubbornly, Regina decided to continue making ice cream the best way she knew how, in small batch French pots. Regina joined by the second generation of the family and her sons, Wilmer and Paul, ensured the family's legacy's success through thick and thin. During the Great Depression, they purchased a factory to bring what was a small luxury to more people. Similarly, during World War II and the sugar shortage, they did their best to maintain production and provide a little happiness during troubling times. Each of the brothers left a lasting mark on the business. Well, their mom, Regina, ended up dying. Uh, and all along the way, they were determined that the French pot, uh, well, this was a little bit later, the French pot machines were due for an update. They began the innovations, and through much trial and error, the, the devices were refined and made safer, more consistent, and more durable. So that, that was the thing that they made the ice cream in, was these, I think they're like five-gallon batches or something like that, these pots that hold the ice cream to make it in. So made it safer, make them safer, more consistent, more durable. 
Even though the machines were updated, the batch size and traditional process remained completely unaltered. That's really important, right? For the quality and the creaminess of the ice cream. Well, uh, the torch has been passed from generation to generation, but the same eye on quality, heritage, and commitment remains for graders. So even though they've expanded the business over the years, they still keep making it in small batches, French pot batches. So they stayed with the original thing that made the ice cream the best quality and the creamiest it could be, while other ice cream companies went in different directions. So why do I tell you that? Well, uh, in our lives as parents, as we lead our children, as we lead even our marriages, our families, we can lose sight of quality, uh, of the things that it takes to make an enduring, stable foundation in our lives. And we go after quantity. We go after expediency. We go after the quick thing that we, we think is going to bring quick spiritual fruit, maybe even. And while uh, something might not necessarily be bad that we try to do, uh, we replace maybe the, the smaller but more profound, more enduring thing, we replace that with the more expedient thing. Well, let's keep talking about that a little bit. Um, because really, like the Grater's Ice Cream story it comes down to the fact that because of the small batches, right, it remains delicious and creamy. And if you try Grater's ice cream, it's some of the creamiest ice cream you'll ever have. But we tend to lose that kind of quality in our lives, right? We lose quality of life. We lose spiritual flourishing. We lose, in some ways, paths to greater maturity in Christ. And so I want to encourage you to small batch living uh, in a way. So think about that. I want to encourage you to small batch living. And a, a good passage for parents uh, to be reminded of uh, that kind of reflects this small batch kind of idea is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. And I'll read it for you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So just look at the picture that that paints of the everyday life of a family and the parents pointing their kids to the Lord. You see just a picture of, okay, they're supposed to be talking to their kids about the Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and your, all your strength. And that can mean a whole lot of different things, of, of ways that you would talk to your kids about the Lord, right? About loving the Lord. Uh, but look at those pictures, right? Sitting in your house, when you're just sitting at home, when you're on a walk together, when you walk by the way, or it could be for us, right, a drive together before you go to bed as you're ending the day and when you start the day, at the beginning of the day, when you rise. 
just really simple things of talking about the Lord with our kids, asking them questions about the Lord, uh, in just the simple things of life. So what can this look like for your family? Um, well, what, what, what would be some, some small batch kind of ideas to make sure that we're capturing quality and um, good spiritual soil in our lives as a family? Well, I think spending individual time with your kids. So you may have multiple children, and sometimes we're just doing everything as a family. And not that that's bad, but sometimes it's good to just take one kid away and just get individual time with that kid. Just go on a date with them, right? We have family dates in our house. Uh, we go through seasons where we're not doing them as well as others, um, but we try to keep coming back to them and just one parent with one kid. And those are good because you get to look that kid in the face and just get to talk to them. Because uh, when there's multiple kids in the house, it's hard to do that. Uh, but really that idea of looking your children in the face, getting a chance to just be still with them, to look in their eyes, to talk to them. Um, many families, and it's so easy to fall into this trap. And, and I start to feel this sometimes, like this angst in me. I'm like, man, I have not been able to look my kids in the face and to just sit down with them and have time with them to talk to them about how they're feeling about things and to tell them about how the Lord's at work in my life and ask them how they see God at work in their lives, asking them how they are, talking to them about the things that they want to talk about, you know, getting them getting to share every detail of something that they're really excited about. Um, but those things are just like, a, it's like a small batch kind of interaction, but making sure we keep doing those things. Quality stuff. Meals together. This is huge, right? Um, the statistics on families having meals together nowadays, uh, pretty low, pretty low. Um, and l even lingering at the table, a lot of our meals are rushed, right? So lingering at the table together, talking, um, we do something at our family table uh, when we eat, a lot of times it's called pals and wows. And that's just, you know, sharing what's your favorite thing in the day, that's your wow, uh, something that wowed you, or what's your pal, you know, something that kind of hit you and it was, it didn't feel so good or it was your least favorite thing of the day. Well, all those kinds of things are just examples of like small batch living with your kids and your family. Um, so we want to try to stay away from our lives just being dominated by things that are, I don't know, uh, equivalent to like mass production, efficiency, expediency, shortcuts, uh, lots of events, lots of um, maybe trying to capture lots of experiences. These things are, events and experiences are not bad in and of themselves, but if those things start to trump and overshadow kind of like the day in and day out very simple things that we can do with our kids that's where we start to run into trouble uh, if we fill our lives with running around errands busyness uh, we can even have we can just fill our lives with tons of church events uh, to where we're not even really in our homes or or you know, getting to spend time, like slow, intentional time together. Uh, sometimes we can be playing so many sports, or our kids can be playing so many sports, so 
we spend a lot of time watching our kids play sports, um, and, and our time is dominated by those things, but we don't actually get to talk to them like about the rest of life. Uh, it seems like we're doing lots of family things together, running around, even performances, you know, whether it's musical performances or plays or dancing or, you know, if, if we're just running around doing all these things, yes, they're good in and of themselves, but if they're to the neglect of the slower, smaller, profound, foundational things, uh, then that's where we start to get into trouble. We're not setting our family up, our kids up, for more solid, enduring uh, spiritual growth. So if we give up our role, and this is another thing that happens sometimes too as parents, if we give up our role that is portrayed in Deuteronomy 6 as the primary disciples of our children, for whatever reason, uh, we are not laying the best kind of foundation for our children's spiritual health. The, the Lord makes it clear. We are meant to be the primary disciplers, uh, and God's people, other believers, are meant to be important secondary disciplers. But if we uh, hand over the discipleship of our children to even the church, like a youth group or a Sunday school or whatever, and we expect that uh, that is going to be the main mode by which they're going to grow in Christ— but we're not pointing our kids to the Lord ourselves. We're not creating these kind of small batch, day in and day out, ebb and flow of life kind of interactions with our kids, then they're going to be missing a huge part of what it means for them to grow in Christ. So remember the kinds of things that God's Word says will bring the greatest spiritual growth for us. We just have to keep coming back to these things. Day in and day out, over the long haul, abiding in Christ. Just think about the things. I mean, it's really regularly worshiping the Lord with His people. The Scriptures are clear about that. Reading and meditating on God's Word. Taking the Lord's Supper. Praying to the Lord. And sharing in discipleship relationships with other believers. Life-on-life -life discipleship. So those are the things that over the long haul, day in and day out, that's going to create the best kind of spiritual soil in the life of our kids. All these little small batch things uh, that keep capturing the highest quality of uh, spiritual formation kind of stuff. Keep leading your kids to such things. Keep leading them to that stuff, the small batch kinds of things. And may the Lord bless you in those efforts. Keep going to Him and asking Him for help. Sometimes you just have to keep pressing the reset button on life. Things will get busy, and then you notice that those simple things, those small batch things aren't happening. And then you have to kind of meet with your kids. You know, maybe you have to talk to your spouse and say, hey, we got to get back to these things. And then you got to start saying no to some stuff or whatever. Um, you ask the Lord for help in those times. But I encourage you. Keep going after those small, profound things that are going to continue to give the highest level of quality uh, to what needs to happen in the lives of your kids and in your family. Lord bless you in that.